Chapter 2 of The Well at the World's End, Book 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Well at the World's End, Book 4 by William Morris. Chapter 2. They Hear New Tidings of Utterbull. It was on a fair evening of later autumn tide that they won their way out of the gates of the mountains and came under the rock of the fighting man. There they kissed and comforted each other in the memory of the terror and loneliness wherewith they had entered the mountains that other time, though, sooth to say, it was to them now like the reading of sorrow in a book. But when they came out with joyful hearts into the green plain betwixt the mountains and the river of lava, they looked westward, and beheld no great way off a little bower or cot, builded of boffs and rushes by a blackthorn copse. And as they rode toward it, they saw a man come forth therefrom, and presently saw that he was hoary, a man with a long white beard. Then Ralph gave a glad cry, and set spurs to his horse, galloped over the plain, for he deemed that it could be none other than the sage of Swevenham, and Ursula came pricking after him, laughing for joy. The old man abode their coming, and Ralph leapt off his horse at once, and kissed and embraced him. But the sage said, There is no need to ask thee of tidings, for thine eyes and thine whole body tell me that thou hast drunk of the well at the world's end, and that shall be better for thee belike than it has been for me. Though for me also the world has not gone ill after my fashion since I drank of that water. Then was Ursula come up, and she also lighted down, and made much of the sage. But he said, Hail, daughter, it is sweet to see thee so, and to what that thou art in the hands of a mighty man. For I know that Ralph thy man is minded for his father's house, and the deeds that abide in there. And I think we may journey a little way together, for as for me, I would go back to Swevenham to end my days there whether they be long or short. But Ralph said, As for that, thou mayst go further than Swevenham, and as far as Upmeads, where there will be as many to love and cherish thee as at Swevenham. The old man laughed a little, and reddened withal, but answered nothing. Then they untrust their sumter beast, and took meat and drink from this burden, and they ate and drank together, sitting on the green grass there, and the twain made great joy of the sage and told him the whole tale. And he told them that he had been abiding there since the springtide, lest they might have turned back without accomplishing their quest. And then may happen he should have been at hand to comfort them, or the one of them left, if so it had befallen. But, quoth he, since ye have verily drunk of the well at the world's end, ye have come back no later than I looked for you. That night they slept in the bower there, and on the morrow betimes. The sage drove together three or four milch goats that he pastured there, and went their ways over the plain, and so in due time entered into the lava sea. But the first night that they lay there, though it was moonless and somewhat cloudy, they saw no glare of the distant earth fires which they had looked for. And when on the morrow they questioned the sage thereof, he said, the earth fires ceased about the end of last year, as I have heard tell, but sooth 
it is that the foreboding of the giant's candle was not for naught. For there hath verily been a change of masters at, at a bowl. Yeah, said Ralph, for better or worse? Said the sage, it could scarce have been worse, but if rumour runneth right, it is much for the better. Hearken how I learned thereof. One fair even of late March, a little before I set off hither, as I was sitting before the door of my house, I saw the glint of steel through the wood, and presently rode up a sort of knights and men at arms about a score, and at the head of them a man and a big red roan horse, with a surcoat blazoned with a white bull on a green field. He was a man, black-haired, but blue-eyed, not very big, but well-knit and strong, and looked both doughty and knightly, and he wore a gold coronet about his besnet. So not knowing his blazonry, I wondered who it was that durst be so bold as to ride in the lands of the Lord of Utterbull. Now he rode up to me and craved a drink of milk, for he'd see my goats. So I milked two goats for him, and brought whey for the others, whereas I had no more goats and milk at that season. So the bull knight spake to me about the woodland, and wherefore I dwelt there apart from others. Somewhat rough in his speech he was, yet rather jolly than fierce. And he thanked me for the bever kindly enough, and said, I deem that it will not avail to give thee money, but I shall give thee what may be avail to thee. Ho, Gervaise, give me one of those scrolls. So a squire hands him a parchment, and he gave it me. And it was a safe conduct to the bearer from the Lord of Utterbull. But whereas I saw that the seal bore not the bearer in the castle wall, but the bull, and that the superscription was unknown to me, I held the said scroll in my hand, and wondered. And the knight said to me, Yeah, look long at it. But so it is, though thou trow it not, that I am verily Lord of Utterbull, and that by conquest. So that be like I am mightier than he was, for that mighty runagate have I slain, and many there would be who deem that no mishap, heathen though I be. Come thou to Utterbull, and see for thyself, if the days be not changed there, and thou shalt have a bellyful of meat and drink, and honour after thy deserving. So they rested a while, and went their ways. To Utterbull I went not, but ere I departed to come hither, two or three carls strayed my way, as whiles they will, who told me that this which the knight had said was naught but the sooth, and that great was the change of days at Utterbull, whereas all men there, both bond and free, were as merry as they deserved to be, or belike merrier. Ralph pondered this tale, and was not so sure but that this new lord was not Bull Shockhead, his war-taken thrall, Natheless he held his peace, but Ursula said, I marvel not much at the tale, for sure I am, that had Gandalf of the Bear been slain, when I was at Utterbull, neither man nor woman had stirred a finger to avenge him. But all feared him, I scarce know why, and, moreover, there was none to be master if he were gone. Thereafter she told more tales of the miseries of Utterbull than Ralph had yet heard, as though this tale of the end of that evil rule had set her free to utter them, and they fell to talking of others' matters. End of chapter 2